something is watching you just below the water. This world is a strange one. It's getting hotter every day now with summer upon us. Well, in North America anyway. So what could be better now than going to the lake? You could go fishing. You could dive in and cool off. You can lose a limb to an unknown creature below you. Well, actually, that doesn't sound too fun. So enjoy these five allegedly true scary stories from the lake. But first, if you want tons of bonus episodes, consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash darkness prevails. You could unlock plenty of goodies. Also, if you've got a true story about a haunted toy or a doppelganger, send your story to us at darknessprevails.org. Now, don't forget to bring your towel. You're going to need something to clean up the remains. Number one, The Woman from the Lake, submitted by R. Zeznik. I've always been relatively brave when it comes to things involving nature and its creatures, and when I was little, I was even braver. I was very oblivious to my surroundings and social normality. This story begins when I was four, and I know it seems a little far-fetched that I could remember something like this so far back in my lifetime, but believe me when I say I wish I could forget it. I was visiting a lake with my father and three brothers for a small fishing trip. I'm the only daughter with my family as well as the youngest, so I suppose you could say I've always been spoiled rotten. Hey, no complaints here. I was playing with a brand new Polly Pocket doll sitting on my knees near the edge of the dock. Mind you, this dock was very low to the water and it wasn't exactly the most trustworthy or youthful. I stood up as the wood beneath my mud-covered rain boots creaked, still clutching my doll as I looked for my father. I saw him talking to my brothers and I don't exactly remember the subject. I think it had something to do with fishing and you're doing it all wrong, he said. So as he was teaching my brothers the correct way, he wasn't paying much attention to what I was doing. I knew I wasn't supposed to get near the edge of the water, but in my curious little mind, I thought that just a peek wouldn't hurt. As quietly as I could, I tiptoed to the very edge of the dock and I knelt down. I put my face near the water. I was fascinated with the very sight of it. However, even in my young mind, I thought something was off. The water was dark, even darker than the murkiest water I'd ever seen. It was like the liquid itself was a dark charcoal black. The weirdest part of all was even though it was a sunny summer day, the water didn't shine in the slightest. Then there was this awful smell coming from the water. It smelled like what I could only describe as a wet, rotting dead dog. I wrinkled my nose and felt chills up my spine but I couldn't quite understand why. Instead, I felt startled and I scooted backwards frantically, beginning to feel even more scared by the second. Suddenly, I heard a splash in the water and it snapped me out of my confusion. Despite being previously afraid, I now hastily crawled back to the edge of the dock and I peeked over the edge. I saw what appeared to be my doll descending into the water, but what I saw next gives me nightmares to this very day. Suddenly, within what had to be only a second, 
I saw a pale hand grab onto the doll's torso, and it paused. My eyes widened, and my heartbeat began to race as I had a better look at this hand. The skin on it was gray and appeared to be filthy despite being underwater. Its fingernails were yellow, and there was black muck underneath them. They were long and untamed. As quickly as the hand appeared, it vanished as it ripped the doll into the depths of the blackened water. I stood up and began to call to my father, deathly afraid that something under the water would get me. He instantly ran over there and scooped me up in his arms. He scolded me for getting too close to the edge, but I barely even listened to him. My eyes were glued on the blackened waters. My father's tone changed from angry to worried, and he asked me, what are you looking at, honey? As I regathered my composure, I told him my story. He didn't respond right away. It took him a few moments. I couldn't tell if he believed me or not. He must have, though, because he soon called my brothers over from the shoreside and told them that we have to go home. We called it an early day. He walked over to the car and put me in my car seat. He quickly had himself in the driver's side and honked the horn to hurry my brothers along. While my brothers were on their way to the car, I turned my head towards the lake again to take one last look at its dark, dark waters. My blood ran cold and I froze in my seat. It's not that I couldn't move. I was just so startled that I lost all the willpower in my body. That thing, whatever it had been, it was now standing up in the water. I could see it from its waist up. It appeared to have feminine features. She or it was completely naked, and I could clearly see things that would scar any child's mind. Its arms and torso were covered in a blackened muck, and its skin was gray, just like the hand I saw before. Its skin appeared to be rotting, and the same black substance that was on its body was dripping from wounds on random places on it. It was sickening. The worst part about it, though, were those eyes, or rather, the lack of eyes. Even without them, I knew it was looking in my direction. It smiled at me, revealing disgusting blackened teeth. And then, it waved. It freaking waved at me. Despite the fact that I was shaking and terrified, something in my childish mind thought it would be a great idea to wave back. So I did. I continued waving as my father drove off, and soon my eldest brother asked me who I was waving at. I simply replied to him stating with a smile, the woman in the lake. I'm 14 now, and we've moved from that area, and I haven't returned to that lake since. After a while, I soon forgot about it. However, recently, I was running with my brother who had recently came to visit home while he was on vacation from his job in the military. We entered a wooded trail together near my home that we usually go on whenever we go on walks or on runs. We started down a trail where it had a small gravel path leading between two fields of tall grass. While we were running, I decided to look around and something caught my eye while I was looking at the woods surrounding these fields. In the moment I saw it, I stopped and vomited right where I stood. I saw her again, the same smile from 10 years ago. 
the same creature from the lake. She was waving at me from the tree line, just like she did that day. My brother noticed my look of pure terror and asked what was wrong. I caught my breath and swallowed hard, looking over to my brother's face. I asked him in a quiet, hoarse voice if he could see anything over at the tree line. He directed his gaze to it and squinted his eyes, then replied saying that he didn't see anything, that he didn't know what I was talking about. After that, we decided it was best to just go home. I told him I was tired and probably needed a nap or something. I don't know what the woman from the lake really is, and I don't know why it followed me out there. I don't know what I'll do if she comes any closer, so let's hope she doesn't. The only guess I have is it might have something to do with me waving back that day. So if I have a warning to offer anyone who reads or shares this, if you ever see a thing like this waving at you from the water, whatever you do, don't wave back. Number two, Weekend Lake Trip. Submitted by KKLCT. This happened a few weeks ago. I was with my best friend, Mercedes. We were out on the lake for the weekend. We had her dad's RV and we took along her boyfriend, Derek, and mine, Connor. We were excited to get out of town for the weekend and be away from our families. We took the hour and a half ride to the lake and at about two in the afternoon that day, we got there. First things first, we swam around for a while. There was no one else around and the wooded area all around the lake made it feel so isolated from the town, which at that moment I really enjoyed. After a long while of swimming around, we got out of the lake and went back to the RV. We grabbed our food and went out to the fire pit to start cooking. We stayed out there for hours, talking, eating, and having a great time. Around two in the morning, we decided to go back inside and finally crash. Mercedes and Derek took the bed in the back and Connor and I took the couch in the living room. I fell asleep pretty fast and woke up to the heat and decided to open some windows to cool down. So I tiptoed out of bed so as to not wake Connor who was still sleeping. I opened one of the windows, then I laid back down. I lay there looking at the ceiling waiting to cool off when suddenly I heard the sound of something moving around in the sand just outside the window. So I got up quietly to get a look from the window. When I looked outside, I squinted my eyes to get a look and I saw something standing over the embers of the fire, but it was dark for the most part and I was half asleep and I couldn't tell what it was exactly. So I woke up Connor and he looked outside too with me and he couldn't tell what it was either. It looked to be crouching down over the fire pit like it was trying to keep warm but it was like 85 degrees outside. Connor decided to wake up Mercedes and Derek, and we all stood at that window, staring at this thing in the shadows, trying our best to figure out what was at the fire pit. So of course, the boys wanted to go outside to get a better look. Eventually, I agreed, as well as Mercedes. So we all went outside without flashlights and without anything to defend ourselves with because what could go wrong, right? We all filed out of the RV and walked over to the fire pit 
and stood looking at this thing that hadn't moved at all. Surely it would have saw us by then. Connor yelled out to it and I could clearly make out its head. And suddenly, finally, this creature looked up at us. I don't know what it was, but it had very large black eyes and pale skin. But its face didn't seem to have any other features to it. It stood up so fast that I was taken aback by what I saw. It was very tall, yet very thin. It must have been six feet tall, yet half the width of my body, and it had a humanoid shape with long fingers. We were scared by the sight of it, so we began to back up towards the RV. I grabbed Mercedes by the hand, and we ran back to the RV. The moment I turned around and sprinted, I heard that creature make some sort of jittery screech, then I heard it running along the sand. Mercedes and I bolted up the stairs and went straight to the window to get a look, but it had already moved out of sight. I thought that was impossible. In the five seconds it took us to get back in the RV, it would have had to crawl 50 feet away to get out of sight of us. I turned to the door and went to see just in time this thing dart past Connor into the woods. But as it barreled through, it knocked Connor to the ground. When he got up surprised and winded, he saw two fairly deep cuts on his bicep. I don't know what that thing was we saw, and I don't really think it was aggressive. Maybe we just surprised it. If anything, it was a curious creature. It was something I'd never seen before. Mercedes' dad told us after this experience, he always sees lights and hears strange machine-like noises when he's around this lake. I don't know if he's trying to add insult to injury by scaring us more, or if he really means it, but it's safe to say that I never want to go back to that isolated lake again. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. Do you believe in monsters? And given the chance, would you be brave enough to track one down on your own? In June's Journey, people are the true monsters, and you can live the story yourself rather than sitting back and listening to one. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor. Or chat and play with or against other players too in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play. With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
Number three, Creepy Lake Child, submitted by Rose B. This happened about a week ago. One day, my sister and I were at the lake, which I don't remember the name of. The lake is pretty deep, with the deepest part being around 40 feet. There's this swimming area, which is a small part with ropes around cutting off the drop-offs. We were there with seven of our cousins. We were just hanging out and talking. After we had lunch and all got back in the water, being the stupid kids we were, we crossed the rope. We all tried to touch the bottom from there, but again, with the water being so deep, no one could actually reach it. Soon it was my turn, and being the youngest and cocky, I said, I bet I could reach it. You guys are just scared. But before they could tell me to look behind me, I was already down. I was nearing the bottom when something slithered across my legs. It felt like something's arm, but it was smooth, save for a patch here and there of little spikes. I was surprised and let out most of my breath when I felt it, and then I turned around to see exactly what it was. If I tried to describe it, it looked like a massive catfish, and I mean it was twice my size. It looked like it could swallow half of me whole, given how big its mouth looked. Even its whiskers stretched out to about four feet on either side. I don't think I've ever seen a fish up close and personal this big, but it wasn't necessarily a catfish. The thing had bumps and mounds all over its body, like dozens of massive tumors that made me question how this thing was alive still. Needless to say, being so outsized, I panicked. So I swam as fast as I could back up to the surface. When I broke the surface of the water, choking for air, all the others were frozen in shock. I took a few seconds to gather my breath, and I slowly turned to where they were facing. I saw what made them dumbfounded. There was a little boy. He didn't look any older than eight years old. He had hair so blonde it looked to have been bleached, and pale, freckled skin. He had brown eyes so dark that they almost looked black. His hands were on a rope that he was tugging at. The rope led into the water, and the more he tugged at it, the more he revealed what he had a hold of. I don't know if it was the same fish I saw, but it was one just like it. It was huge, just as big as the one before, with all the same kinds of tumors around its body as well. The fish looked more like an ungodly amalgamation of random flesh and pieces than some naturally occurring fish. Somehow this kid was able to drag the fish out of the water and we were all dumbfounded at the sight. When it was completely out of the lake, he looked at us, threw the rope over his shoulder and began to drag the fish into the woods. To this day, this was the creepiest and weirdest thing I've ever witnessed. I don't think I'll be going back there for a very long time. Just as well, a few weeks after this incident, I learned that there is a river connecting to the lake, and only a few miles up that river, there's a power plant built right onto the shore. So maybe that's what's causing the fish to look like that, or maybe they weren't fish at all. Even still, I don't know what to say about the boy who never missed leg day. Number four, Haunted Lake. Submitted by Nova Star.
This happened during the summer of 2016, when my friend Beverly and I were both 13. The two of us had our worst experiences at a summer camp next to a lake that our parents forced us to go to. It didn't really help that both our moms are counselors there. The camp was in the middle of a clearing surrounded by forest and adjacent to a big lake. The lake was beautiful during the day, but it took on the most ominous vibe after sundown. Anyway, the bus ride to get there was about two hours long, and Beverly was my bus buddy, so it wasn't too bad. I brought my iPod and was listening to music while Beverly dozed off beside me. But when we were only about five minutes from camp, things began to get weird. The music on my iPod suddenly started getting all fuzzy and cracking, which I dismissed as my headphones going out. But then Beverly woke up with a jump and she began to look around. I asked her if she was all right and she replied saying she was, but she had the creepiest dream. She dreamt that she was standing next to her sleeping self and me next to the lake. Then she saw a dark shadow appear out of nowhere. It stood next to me and touched my iPod. I'd apparently left it in while I was sleeping. She then woke up from the dream. I dismissed it as a coincidence and went back to listening to music while Beverly did the same. Still though, it felt very creepy to hear that from her, considering my headphones went all weird for a second. Once we got to camp, as we were both daughters of counselors and two years older than the other kids, we got our own cabin. It was one big room with a brown circular rug, four bunk beds, a mirror on the wall, a small bathroom, and an extremely small closet. It was about the size of a cheap hotel closet. So we got settled in, put our stuff away. Then we checked the data connection on our cell phones and it was surprisingly strong. So I didn't understand why it suddenly glitched out on the bus. A few minutes later, we decided it'd be fun to go on a nature walk. We had gone to this camp for years now, so we knew we wouldn't get lost. After about 30 seconds of walking, I began to feel like I was being watched. I asked Beverly if she felt the same sensation, and she agreed, saying that she was about to ask me the same thing. Spooky. I looked around to make sure no one was following us from camp, but we appeared to be alone. Around that same time, we thought it'd be the best idea to head back. As we were walking back, we began to hear sticks snapping behind us. Something heavy was following us. We looked at each other and ran back to the cabin. Nothing else happened that day, except for the occasional feeling of being watched. We just couldn't shake it either, no matter how relaxed we got. The next day, we woke up pretty late. It was 10.30, so everyone else had gotten up already and according to the schedule, was already down at the lake. Knowing there would be supervising from adults, we decided to go too. It was getting hot anyway, and it'd be fun to cool off, or at the very least, get a tan. Beverly and I threw on our bathing suits and began our way to the beach until Beverly grabbed my shoulder and pointed to the woods, asking, I'm not the only one seeing this, right? And before I could ask what she was talking about, I glanced over and I saw it. It looked to be a dark figure with piercing red eyes. It filled me with fear and dread. I shook my head, then blinked several times, and then it was gone. I told her she wasn't crazy, that I saw it too. Then we wasted no time running to the lake. 
After swimming and sunbathing for a good while, everyone had lunch. Then after that, maybe we felt a little too brave because we decided it'd be a good idea to investigate the woods where we saw that black figure. But not once since we saw it earlier could we shake the feeling of being watched again. Once we got to that spot, we decided to go into the forest further to investigate. Beverly had her phone and was recording video just in case. We began to hear those same footsteps as before, but we continued on, being either brave or stupid. Quickly, we began to lose our courage and we decided we needed to go back. So we headed back, all the while the feeling of being watched became overwhelming. Halfway back to the cabin, we heard an ear-piercing shriek echo throughout the woods. Above all, it didn't sound human, not in the slightest. We ran from there back to the cabin, adrenaline pumping through our veins, and I was so scared, I nearly threw up. We checked Beverly's camera footage when we got back to safety, but all it contained was forest and the sound of crunching leaves as we walked. Even still, we didn't get much sleep that night. The next day, we were thankful it was our last day. We decided to stay in our cabins all day that day, and luckily, nothing happened until that night. We got ready for bed and had just crawled into our bunks when the bathroom door opened and slammed on its own. Instantly, me and Beverly both grabbed our electronics and got together on the bed furthest from that closet. We knew we weren't alone in that room. As we stared at the closet, we suddenly saw a dark shadow pass in front of the mirror, but we only saw it in the mirror. This covered me in goosebumps. By now, Beverly and I were screaming as we heard footsteps and they were slowly getting closer. We didn't know whether to stay or to run. We didn't even know if we'd make it out of this alive. My heart was pounding so hard, it hurt with every beat. We couldn't take it. We jumped up and ran for the door, heading straight to the counselor's cabins. We found our mothers, and I was so scared that I was crying by then, but somehow in our frantic state, we were able to concisely share our story, and our moms let us sleep in their cabin, thank God. Unlike the two of us, our moms are very passionate believers in the paranormal. They were so curious about what we had seen that they seemed excited to go back for us and grab our stuff. They told us when they got back to our cabin, the whole place was a wreck. Mattresses torn from the bunks, miscellaneous cardboard packaging and paper torn to pieces and scattered across the floor. It looked like a wild animal had been in there. Once we woke up in the morning, we packed and we got our breakfast. Then, not soon enough, it was time to leave for home. We all got on the bus. We were so happy to be gone from that place, but I just couldn't keep it out of my head. I couldn't stop thinking about the things we saw, what we heard, what might have happened to us if we stayed in that cabin. Needless to say, I won't be going back to that summer camp, to that cabin by the lake. And number five, stalked by a creature. Submitted by Lacey G. I live in Pennsylvania, and up here we have some really beautiful state parks. 
I've run into all kinds of creepy things, weird things. So hanging out in the woods is something I do on the daily to relax and escape reality. Well, a couple of years ago, I had a really bad breakup with my ex. I was very upset and hurt, and I did not want to leave my house. But my three best friends at the time were trying to cheer me up as best they could. So they came over and picked me up around 10 that night. We went to one of my favorite state parks because they knew woodsy areas helped me relax and make me feel better. At this park, you drive down this small hill into the parking lot. In front of that lot is a bunch of huge rocks you can sit on, a big playground off to the side, a bunch of really spaced out trees and a small path leading to this long, thin bridge. The bridge extends over this big lake and connects to the other side of the park. The other side of the park was lined with street lamps and if you kept going a little ways, there's a main road, and on the other side of that road is the entrance to the woods. Anyway, we pulled up and got out to go sit on the rocks. We were all doing our normal stuff and chatting it up. We were listening to music, smoking some cigarettes and weed, and just enjoying the fall breeze. Still though, I couldn't relax. I was still stressed and sad, so I decided to go walk through the woods by myself for a bit, all the while listening to my music. So I crossed the bridge, gazing out to the rippling water in the lake. Then I walked a few seconds to the edge of the woods very close by. At this point, it was about one in the morning. But like I said, spooky scenarios like being in the woods alone at night doesn't scare me. Rather, it's inspiring and relaxing. I've been to this park so many times because it's one of my favorites. My favorite spot here is at a special rock right at the edge of the lake. Well, I found my rock and gazed out into the water. I was sitting there listening to my music with the volume all the way up, when suddenly I heard some sort of crash so loud that it overtook the music in my ears. I paused the song and took out my headphones. I thought it was a tree branch breaking or something, so I shook it off and started playing the song again. But just in case, I left one headphone out. A couple of minutes later, I began to hear an insane amount of leaves rustling and twigs snapping, so I stopped my music and took both headphones out again. I turned my back to the water and began to scan the tree line just a few yards away from me. I thought maybe my friends were messing with me, so I called out loud to them. Guys, if that's you, it's not funny. It's not scary either, just irritating, so knock it off. Then I went quiet again and listened. Only a few seconds later, I heard the rustling again, but this time, it was much, much closer. A few feet away from me was a very large tree-like shrub, and I suddenly saw it shaking slightly, as if something had just disturbed it. My heart began to sink into the pit of my stomach as fear and panic began to set in. I stood there motionless and hardly breathing. A very low but deep growl erupted from inside that bush. At this point, I just wanted to get back to my friends and get the heck out of there. I didn't know what was in that bush and I didn't want to know. I took one step back and I felt my shoe get soaked in the water. When the growl continued, I turned around and headed straight for the bridge. I bolted it out of there. I don't think I've ever run so fast in my entire life. As soon as I made it to the entrance to the bridge, it sounded like something very large had landed on its feet, only 15 feet behind me. 
It sounded big, and it sounded angry. I definitely wasn't stopping to turn around and see what it was. I kept my eyes straight, and I sprinted back over the bridge, all the while screaming for my friends to just get in the car. When they heard me, they all looked extremely confused, but with the fear on my face and in my voice, I think that was enough to convince them to go back. We were all standing at our doors, and I was super jumpy, panicky, yelling at my friend to get her keys out so we could unlock the car doors. Out of nowhere, the guy friend that was there with me in a very frightened voice suddenly said, Oh my God, what is that? I looked straight ahead to see across the lake and a very large creature, something that looked to be nine feet tall, was standing under the dimly lit street lamp on its hind legs. Bears are known to be in this area, but this was not a bear at all. It did have hair thick and long covering its whole body, but its arms were skinny and long, and its arms were outstretched, thin, with hands that were so odd looking, they seemed to be deformed. I then screamed even louder for my friend to hurry up, to get the keys. She finally found them in her purse and unlocked the car. None of us even bothered putting on our seatbelts. She quickly started the car and floored it out of there. I turned around to look out the back window, only to see that thing starting to walk slowly towards the bridge on all fours. Later that night, when we made it back to my house to drop me off, we all kind of just looked at each other for a few minutes without saying a word. Eventually, silently, I got out of the car and went inside. We never talked about it again, and after that, we all only hung out a few more times before we eventually drifted apart. Needless to say, I haven't been back to that lake at nighttime, or in the daytime either for that matter. Sadly, this experience has ruined it for me, so I don't think I'll ever be going back. There's something so refreshing about cooling off in fresh water, in the calmness of a lake. Even still, the water can be dark, it can be deep. You'll never truly see what lies at the bottom of that concave place, but maybe you don't want to see, because sometimes, there are things looking back at you. Good night. Be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe if you enjoyed the video. And don't forget to send us your haunted toy stories and doppelganger sightings at darknessprevails.org. Thanks. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.